You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. the next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your host, Dr. Mike Brazier. On today's episode, we have something that might actually be a first for the Ducks Unlimited podcast. I'm going to be your host, and our guest is going to be my co-host in a lot of the other episodes, Chris Jennings. Chris, welcome to the podcast, man. It is great to be a guest on the DU Podcast. There you go. We'll see how you do on this. We might uh, might actually invite you back. <laughs> we, uh, we wanted to take today's episode as an opportunity to explore in a bit more detail a recent article that Chris wrote for the Ducks Unlimited magazine. It was in the March-April edition, uh, 2021. And it, it focused on a recent, well, it wouldn't, wouldn't really be recent at this time, but it was a, maybe a year and a half or so ago at this point where you went on an RV road trip, duck hunting, duck hunting in your RV. And so mm-hmm. we wanted to use this episode to, to get in a bit more detail on that particular, uh, that particular topic. So Chris, I guess to start us off here, we're going to jump right into it. For those that might not have seen that article, might not have read it yet. Uh, give us a little bit of background on that, uh, kind of the the thinking behind that that article, and and this is going to get into the overall thing of of why you why you have the RV and what your your um, what you're doing with that RV. Doing lots, doing lots. The uh, you know the, the article is called Duck Camp on Wheels, and it was it, and ironically, it was not even my idea as a as a, an article, although it ended up. Very fun piece for me. Um, but actually, the editorial director, Matt Young, was like, hey, why don't you do a piece using your RV as like a duck camp 
and we'll, you know, do a mobile duck camp type deal. Well, as we started looking in, into this, it, that's the whole reason why I got an RV. And and I will say one more thing. You know, I've written a lot of different pieces in the magazine, um, but I've gotten more feedback on this particular article. You know, people have emailed, hey, I've always wanted to do that, you know, turn a you know, a camper into a duck camp or I always wanted to get an RV and travel around and, you know, hunt multiple states and do this. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> you know, that's why I always tell people, yeah, do it. It's awesome. Um, but, but I, you know, when we started off on this deal, it was me and a buddy of mine, Landon Simmons, um, who we hunt together a lot. And the plan was to do multiple, multi-states, you know, multiple days, this big, long journey where we were going to go out and hunt different habitats, hunt with some different people that we knew. Um, and, and the whole thing kind of changed a little bit. And, and even in the story, we talk about how, you know, the hunting was really good in Arkansas. So we stayed, which is part of the reason that I push people for the RV experience with the duck camp is you don't have to make reservations. You've probably been on hunts before where, you know, have to make reservations at a hotel and, you know, you don't want to miss those reservations. Well, when you're in your own RV and you're off site, you're not necessarily at a park or an RV um, or an RV park. You can just stay three days. Well, let's stay five. You know, if the hunting's really good, let's just stay. Well, that's kind of what we did in the in the piece. It explains that the hunting was really good. We were hunting flooded timber in Arkansas and it was fantastic. Probably some of the best that I've ever been. And we're like, well, let's just scratch Missouri off the list of states we're going to visit. And so we did and we stayed. And then, you know, we obviously, we went up to uh, Tennessee, actually into Kentucky um, and hunted with Kelly Powers, you know, a couple days after that. And then Landon, my buddy owns a business in here in Memphis. And he got a call like, man, you know, you got to come home. This is, it was a, an emergency within the business. But again, it really played into the RV, the on the go duck hunter, the, you know, the, hey, let's just go until we can't go anymore. And as soon as you get the phone call, let's leave. And that's exactly what we did. You know, we got the phone call. We only got to hunt one day um, with Kelly Powers up there in Kentucky. And then we had to leave. And so we just loaded up the RV and drove, took off. And that and that's that was the whole essence of it is just that freedom, which I'm really into. Um, I know I'm not the only person that's highly popular, um, very popular throughout the whole country. Um, but it also gave us an opportunity to tell a quick story about how people were maybe socially isolating um, during duck season um, and give people some options who maybe not feel comfortable moving forward. You know, I had a, a couple buddies who had deer camps that they never went to deer camp because the camp set up was during 2020 during, during 2020 during the pandemic that's right yeah. um because the camp setup wasn't necessarily cdc safe yeah. let's say that and they were uncomfortable it was older you know an older group um, and people missed out on some of these experiences where even at my duck camp in 2020 um for opening day you know our we have a little house that we rent me and some buddies and uh there's like seven or eight people that usually stay in this two-bedroom house you know two-bedroom one bath you know arkansas farmhouse mm -hmm. It's tight. Yeah. You know, you I've don't want some of those. Yeah. You know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. Well, you know, in November of 2020, there was still quite the concern. And I loaded up my RV and parked it on a little gravel road just across the street from our duck camp and talked to a farmer over there. And I stayed over there for opening weekend for two nights and I never went in the house. Now, some of the other guys did. Um, but that was a cool approach for me to you know, maybe play it safer. And, and, and what this article did is it really, 
gave me an opportunity to kind of share my experiences with the RV and as a duck camp and some of the gear and, you know, maybe some things that you shouldn't do. There's a couple of funny mentions mm-hmm. in there, but, yeah. um, yeah, it, the tail whip, I believe is, is yeah, how yeah. I mean, it's, it happens, <laughs> you, you have know? to go read the article. Yeah, it, it happens. But you know, it, another thing about it is that's cool is you're completely self-contained, you're cooking, you know, we were, we'd open the windows and like, you could just hear specks and snows mm-hmm. and they were 50 yards away. Yeah. Pouring into a field at night. And the whole, you know, that's a good thing and a bad thing until there's about 10,000 yeah. <laughs> of them sitting right next to the RV. Uh, uh, luckily, the generator droned out some of those. But, uh, you know, that it was it was a really cool experience and it's something I was excited to share in the magazine and hope it got people to really think about maybe some other options rather than just a, you know, normal duck camp that stays right. in one place. Right. No, I, I really appreciated that aspect of it. Um, yeah, there's, I, I do encourage people to go read, uh, the, the article. It's the March, April issue of the, of 2021. And you'll get a bit more of the story from these individual hunts. But what we wanted to do here is just explore a little more of what got you into this, expose other people to, to the idea of this, of the potential to use RVs as another way of getting around and, and making your way to your hunting destinations. And, and it had, it had never occurred to me, I guess, in an explicit manner um, that, that that people did this. Now, it seems odd for me to say that, but uh, but yeah, it just never never occurred to me. And I say it's odd for me personally because my my parents um, had an RV, and my dad would always use it for. I mean, my, my mom and dad would use it to travel and do do uh, vacation things together, but. He would use it annually at the lake. He would take it down to a to a lake and stay there for four to six weeks and go uh, fishing during the crappie spawn. And so he mm-hmm. used it for that same same type of thing. But I've never really it never occurred to me that people are doing the same thing or could do the same thing with with duck hunting across the country. And you know, clearly they can. So what ins- what inspired you? Where did you first hear of this? Was it was it a, a friend of yours, an acquaintance of yours that? had, um, that, that you saw doing this or you've seen other people do it? Or just how did you come into this idea of, I want an RV so I can be more mobile during my, during my waterfowl hunting? Yeah, that's interesting. And, and, you know, it, it never really dawned on me over the years, um, until I have a buddy that I went to high school with. Um, he actually lives in South Florida. He lives in Jupiter, Florida now. And we grew up hunting together. Um, obviously in South Florida, you know, he's not doing a ton of duck hunting, but he always wanted to come and hunt with me. Well, I had a, you know, little lease in North Mississippi, right outside of Tunica. Um, and he called and he's like, Hey, I want to come up and hunt. I'm like, all right, well, you can stay at my house. He's like, no, I'm bringing my RV. Mm. I'm like, Oh, okay. You know? And so, and that was the first time I'd been in his RV and he has like a bigger a class, like super Mm. fancy 40 plus feet. Um, you know, it is very nice. And so he drove up with another one of his friends from South Florida to come and hunt with me. Well, I ended up just staying with them on the RV so I didn't have to make the hour and a half drive from my house. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just an eye opener. I mean, it was, you know, they brought- The wheels were turning immediately. Yeah, I mean, we're sitting in the, <laughs> and, and you know, uh, where my duck lease was, it was basically across the street from where Harris Casino um, used to be and on Highway 61. And, and uh, we camped, basically in the parking lot uh, at Sam's Sam's Town Casino, um, which they offer a whole little RV park. They have a hookup there? For oh, yeah. The, yeah, so Full, you don't have yeah. to use the generator. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, and I didn't even know that was there. 
And so we're staying down there and he's, you know, he brought trailers and boats and all this stuff with his RV, you know, four wheelers. And, you know, I was just like, man, this is like, he's coming from South Florida. Imagine what you could do three, four hours from home. And so, you know, that really kind of got the wheels turning. Um, and then over the years I had kids mm-hmm. and that kind of changed the dynamic of my hunting approach, how long I can be gone, um, where I was going. Um, and so my wife and I got this idea like, hey, we should get one. And so we went into that. But then I asked, you know, kind of the unique aspect of that aspect of that is not only was I looking for a camper slash RV for camping with the kids and doing outdoor things, but I was also going into this as like during duck season, this is going to be my duck camp. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I, I took a, a very unique approach to it, I will say. And and in doing so, um, I think I mentioned in the story, and if not, you and I have talked about it, that my wife and I looked for almost three years before we found one that fit everything that we wanted in in an RV. Um, and we wanted an A-class, necessarily, well, not necessarily an A-class, but something that was drivable. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we didn't, I didn't really want to pull behind. I didn't really want a fifth wheel. You know, there's some drawbacks to each one of those. There's some plus sides to each one of those. Yeah. So this is probably, probably, I I want to get into a lot of those considerations because you did write about it in the article, um, that you, uh, that you looked for about three years. Mm -hmm. It might've been in one of the sidebars, but anyway, you did mention it took you a while to actually, um, to find what you were looking for. And this is a, this is an important purchase. It's not like just going buying a uh, uh, a bicycle. Right? Oh yeah, this, <laughs> this is something that you put a lot of thought in. And there are tons of options, right? Yep. And so, with all those options, come a variety of trade offs. And so, I, I guess I wanted to I wanted to get you to share a little bit behind your thinking, some of the choices that you made, uh, because my parents uh, had a or have a. Um, have a fifth wheel. Mm-hmm. And so it's a pull behind, you know, yep. connected to the truck. And, and so the, the, what went through your mind in evaluating just that? Why did you want the, the class A versus a, a fifth wheel? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. And, and I will just say, you know, if anyone's out there looking, this is a, a process, um, you know, you're, trying to make a million different things fit exactly what you yeah, want. We're not going to go through all million things. No, no. That's what I wanted to say. Exactly. I'm not going to go through all of it. So I don't want an email saying, oh man, you forgot to mention this. <laughs> well, you know, the big thing for us, for my wife and I, you know, we travel a lot and we have family all over the country and uh, we're taking my truck. And now I've got a, well, now currently I've got a five-year-old and a seven-year-old, but you know, that started out with a three-year-old and a one-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um stopping at the bathroom, you know, oh, with yeah. two little girls, we're stopping. I mean, I would, we'd joke that I had to stop twice before I got to Osceola, Arkansas, <laughs> um, which is about 35 minutes from Memphis. Um, and, you know, if you're in a fifth wheel um, or even just a, a regular pull behind camper, you're still in the truck mm-hmm. with the A class, you know, or a C class too. Um, it's more of an open cabin. You can get up and yeah. go to the bathroom. Obviously yeah. you can't if you're driving, Yeah, but someone else can get up and go use the restroom. You don't have to stop. So once we get in there, um, and this is something that someone told me, and I I don't want to take credit for it, but um, the way that that we looked at it and the way that it was explained to me was people with a pull-behind camper, they're on vacation when they get to the campground and get set up. Um, When we pull out, we're already on vacation. Hmm. You know, the girls are sitting, you know, on the either couch where there's, you know, 
safety belts or the table where there's safety belts, but they're already doing activities at a table. You know, they're not stuck in the car. So it really makes it a much more enjoyable ride for them, yeah. you know, and, and me, because I'm going to have to stop every 20 minutes. So like your mindset just goes, as soon as you pull out of the driveway, yeah. we're rolling, we're on vacation. And if we want to stop, you stop and do whatever, you know, however you want to handle it. It's, it's uh, you know, it's that mentality that really made me go with an A-class. Now the trade-off, the obvious trade-off there would be that once you get to your camping location, it's not as easy to then pick up and just run down to the gas station or something of that nature if you have a class A versus if you have the, the fifth wheel or another pull behind. Right? Absolutely. And that is that is the big trade-off. Now we, you know, we have tow vehicle, obviously. Yeah. Um, for this particular article, we didn't use it because we had John Hoffman, who's the Ducksland photo editor. Yeah. Um, he was there as well shooting photos. So we're like, John, you're going to have a truck. I'm just not even going to bring, yeah. you know, because with your duck hunt, you still have to have a truck for decoys and, sure. you know, towing trailers, things like that. We're well, not going to do that with, you're not going to pick up your camper and go and do that. Right. Um, but, you know, you're right. That is the trade-off. That's the big deal that people have to think about. And you almost, you know, have to have another car Yeah. or rent. I've done that too. I've traveled places to hunt or fish and rented a vehicle knowing that, you know, someone like Enterprise will come and pick you up at the RV park once you get there and you have a vehicle for a week or however long you're going to be there. So, uh, you know, that that's definitely the trade-off. What would be another one or two of the most important considerations or criteria that, that you and your family had identified? Um, you know, and, and price is an option in, in every kind of decision we make. And so we're not going to go, go to that. There's a relationship between all the different features and size of the vehicle and all that kind of stuff with price. So we'll just assume that price is a factor in everything we do, but from a, from a feature perspective and with respect to maybe a bit more of the, as you were thinking about, well, I want to use this for waterfowl hunting, being more mobile in that regard. Were there any other criteria that really stood out to you as being important for uh, for ensuring it met those needs from a mobile uh, waterfowl hunting camp, you could say? Yeah, I think, you know, contrary to what my wife knew, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going into this with a little bit different perspective. Mm. Um, but you know, there were some things storage-wise where, you know, waterfowl hunting is gear intensive, even if you're not talking decoys, but you're talking just guns, ammo, uh, clothing, you know, waders, things that yeah. you're not just going to leave outside. Um, that was something that I took into account with this is I was really, and, and the way that I got around that really was also with the same way that we I, we convinced ourselves that this was the, the right layout internally because- the layout that we got has two bunk beds, which is for our two girls, and they absolutely love it. You know, they would they would live in that thing mm -hmm. if we would let them. Um, but when they're not there, I can fold that top bunk down, and now you have a massive closet for gear. And that's exactly – I cover the beds with old sheets, yeah. and you can put boots in there. You can put hang-up waders. You know, it has a bar that you can put in to where you turn it into a huge closet – you know, guns, ammo, everything's going in it. So it's not in your way. Because again, um, you know, one thing that I always stress to people about the RV mentality is, did you kind of approach it? I don't know if you've been on a big boat, you know, mm -hmm. some of the larger boats. It's like you're living on a boat. Yeah. You know, it's it's nice. It's spacious, but it's not that big. You know, your space is still limited. And so you have to know where you're going to keep everything. Where are you going to keep, you know, we did a snow goose hunt a couple years ago where, 
you know, we're bringing six cases of ammo. Well, where do you put six cases of ammo? Yeah. You know, it's not, it's tough to store large items yeah. like that. So you just have to go into it knowing that you have a space for everything. And that was my justification for the layout that we have with the two bunks was also, I need storage because I'm thinking about it from a waterfowling. Yeah. And they make these things with all the features you can imagine now, the automatic leveling is probably standard on these things now, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so it makes it a lot easier to... You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. the next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. To, to get set up, waterfowl hunting is a muddy Mm-hmm. Uh, is a muddy venture. <laughs> yeah. you, and so you, you mentioned the old sheets and all that kind of stuff. Any other special precautions, any other tips for people that may that may have an RV, um, a class A or fifth wheel or, or other pull behind, any tips for them with regard to some of the, some of these challenges that, that may be preventing them from thinking about using their RV in this manner? Yeah. I mean, and, and one thing that I, in, just to talk about the storage, the external storage, this, my particular RV does have like six external storage spaces. Now, granted, let's say during the summer, spring, early fall, those storage spaces are filled with toys. <laughs> you know, there is everything from sand bucket bags to, you know, you know, big boxes of markers mm-hmm. and their store. Well, as that season changes, and it happens quick because, you know, we like to camp in the fall as well as a family. Um, but then it all of a sudden it's time to go to duck season. You can take all that stuff out. And I, you know, line those storage compartments with trash bags. And you don't have to, obviously. But like you said, you go into this knowing what duck hunting is. Yeah. It is a muddy mess. At least most of the places that I hunt. Yeah. Um, and even the interior. Now, that's one trade-off that I did get. You know, we got a great deal on this. That's how we ended up with it. So we made a few trade-offs. One thing that my wife and I both wanted in an RV was complete like hardwood or laminate throughout. I didn't want any carpet. 
Well, it's about 75% carbon. Yeah. Um, but I'm conscious of that. So, you know, when, when I'm taking it on duck hunting trip, I have a trash bag full of blankets that I keep in my garage where I grab this big trash bag and it's all just kind of junky blankets. I cover the entire floor with blankets Yeah. because there's, you step outside to go, oh, I forgot something right. out there. I grab something, I step back in and you've got that gumbo mud mm -hmm. smeared into carpet. Yeah. Um, not that it can't be taken out. But you get enough. But you just of don't want to do, yeah. No, you don't just don't want to deal, deal with it. Yeah, you don't want. And you know, one one email that I got from a, a magazine reader um, was dogs. He's like, "Hey man, well, you forgot to mention how yeah, cool it was yeah. is to take your dog. You know, having a dog in a hotel room or at another duck camp, dogs don't like that. I mean, my dog specifically, she's pretty spoiled. Um, and I didn't get into that, how convenient it is for dogs. Um, one thing that I've talked to Mike Stewart about on a podcast is, you know, being able to travel with the dogs and having your dogs in an RV. It's so cool because they're comfortable. They're comfortable around you. They're familiar. Um, but that's one other thing to think about as well is you pull a dog from a rice field or a flooded cornfield or, you know, any marsh or swamp and get right in the RV, that's bad business. That yeah. is, you know, you don't want to trash the thing. Um, so, you know, you have to think about all that going into it because because mine specifically is not just a duck camp, but it's a duck camp when I want it to be a duck camp. And that's the unique aspect of it. And, and so how, how many, remind me how many years have you had this, had the RV now? I've had it for two, two and a half. Okay, basically. two and a half years. So you're still still relatively new with this particular yep. RV. And I have a few other questions here that I wanted to, to touch on. But before we move on to this, any other any other big tip for waterfowl hunters that may want to use their RV as a mobile duck camp that wouldn't have been covered in the article? Yeah. You know, I think really finding one, I think the big thing is just finding the fit, uh, finding the fit for you, um, you know, financials aside, finding the right sleeping quarters, finding the right, you know, setup, like you said, storage. I think that's what I would tell people is, is go into it with the expectation of how you're going to use it. And, and approach the search that way. So I've never, never searched for, and we, we don't own an RV. I've never really thought about purchasing an RV. So I've never gone into the RV search process. And so I have no idea what this looks like. Do you, can you test drive these things? Like, can you go to, you know, oh, just yeah. like every yeah, other I mean, kind you can go of vehicle that you're going to buy and, and yep. test drive them and all that kind yeah, of stuff? Yeah, all over the country. And, you know, one, I put it in the article, but the GoRVing.com, um, I brought that up. And in, in mainly because you can go on there and you can look at the hundred different types. I mean, you, even in the article, we didn't get into, you know, pull-behinds, pop-ups, yeah. fifth wheels, B-class, A-class, C-class. I mean, you can really get into the, exactly what you're looking for, um, but it's a lot to it. So I always recommend people just go to go RVing or ask someone who does, does it regularly, you know, because you kind of get feedback. I have friends who have fifth wheels. And they would never get an A class, you know, and, but for us, we would probably never get a fifth wheel. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's just what you want and what you need um, and what your expectations for using it. Another thing you mentioned in the article related to this is that it's a pretty challenging time to be trying to buy one of these things right now, right? Mm -hmm. Because oh, yeah. everybody and their brother seems to be wanting one, right? Yeah. I so mean, it's the popularity. Take some patience. Yeah, it is. It takes patience, but the popularity really surged. And there was one thing in the article um, that got cut. Um, editors tend to yeah. do that. Yeah. It's well, they would no. probably say we tend to be a bit, a bit verbose with yeah, our writing. That's right. <laughs> um, but 
you know, a, a guy, I talked to a guy and he's actually a buddy of mine who owns an RV dealership in Georgia. And he mentioned that he, you know, couldn't keep him on a lot during 2020. You know, people, and he was calling them uh, isolation campers, you oh, know, yeah. because people still wanted to do things. They wanted to get, but they also didn't want to get around people. So people were buying RVs and uh, not necessarily RVs, but mainly pull behinds, you know, any, uh, any variation of it that fit their needs. They were buying it so that that in one particular instance, um, he told me of, of a guy who wanted to still go to deer camp. And so he bought a camper and just parked it outside his deer camp. Well, there. That, and yeah. that's basically the mentality I used for duck yeah. season. Um, yeah. But, you know, that that's what people were getting. And they came, became so popular. I mean, they're breaking records. On, I can't speak necessarily to the exact numbers yeah. of sales and all that. It's not not necessarily my yeah. business. We can Google that. It's, yeah, it's but, out there. You know, they're so popular that that you you had a hard time finding good deals online. And normally you can find a used RV or camper or whatever. I mean, they're readily available. I mean, there's websites out there. But yeah, I mean, the popularity just soared in the last year. Another item that you mentioned in the, in the article, and it's probably, a, well, it's definitely a consideration, but it may be something that, that is preventing some people from, from using their RV in this manner. And that is where to, where can you find places to park these things once, you know, your once you get to your destination? Um, and I would, I would venture to guess that the, the development of these uh, mobile apps, mobile applications and the internet and sort of the, the gig economy has just revolutionized the way people are thinking about and searching for and finding places to park their RVs whenever they go abroad. So to talk about that in terms of where you like to stay, what are the, the different options? Like you talk about if you've got a, a duck camp or a deer camp that has some spare room beside the, the existing structure or whatever, that's one thing. But if you're just going out to some other faraway location, the Dakotas, for example, what are the type of places that you would be thinking about as, a, as your, your home base, you know? You know, there's tons of apps out there. Obviously, you can use apps. I use one called RV Parky a lot just for normal travels. But, I mean, you can look at KOAs. You can look. I'm a big fan of state parks. Um, state parks offer, you know, if you're going to stay at I think I told someone just a couple of weeks ago, and they were asking about staying at a state park. And I was like, well, you know, just know what you get into with a state park. When you go to a state park, most of them are not going to have cable. They're not going to provide Wi-Fi. So then you go the complete opposite spectrum of what my article was about, where I'm basically staying in a farmer's field. Um, you can go to that other side and start looking at like the KOA style, um, or even there's these private RV parks that you can find that have, you know, full hookup, you know, water, sewage, electricity, cable, Wi-Fi. You know, some of these places have, you know, individual pools and spas set up at each yeah. spot. I mean, it wow. can get as wild as you possibly can imagine. Uh, now, you pay more for that. But, you know, if you were looking at state parks or even core property, you know, U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, uh, yeah. they have a fantastic network yeah. of RV, which is probably where your dad, you yep. mentioned. Yep, sure was. Um, you know, and, and we stay at a lot of core properties. But if I'm going to North Dakota, you know, I'm going to map that out. You know, from here in Memphis, I'm going to map out probably two days at least of driving, maybe three at a hunt in there or four because it is a haul from here, yeah. um, 19, 20, 22 hours, whatever mm -hmm. it might be. Um, but, you know, I'm going to map that out based on 
places to stay, like you said. So I'm going to be looking online. I mean, you could just Google RV parks and it'll pop up. It's pretty, it's, it's much easier. I couldn't imagine doing this in the seventies or eighties where, oh, yeah. you know, everything's based on a book, a printout yep. that you had to probably pay 50 bucks for the book and then search. Um, now we find them as we're going down the road. I'm telling my wife like, Hey, I'm tired. Let's stop. Yeah. And we're, we found one within five minutes. So. And there's, and there's something similar to the Airbnb now where I've seen yep. the property owners are offering up spots on their, uh, on their property, whether it be a, a farm that has a large equipment area and they've got plenty of space out there. I assume they register much the way the Airbnb um, providers do. So there's all sorts of options right now. Finding a place to stay has probably never been more flexible and more easy, right? Yeah, no. And I, I can't remember the name of that, but I've seen it as well. Um, wineries, you know. Yeah, that's right. Farms, you know, these, some of these uh, different variations of, of agricultural properties are saying, hey, yeah, you can stay here. Now, granted, they're not providing water, electricity, or sewage, but that's where a vehicle like mine, which is self-contained, completely self-contained, which yeah. I get into in the article, that's why I got that vehicle because I wanted it. To, I wanted to be able to bring my own water, run my own electricity. You know, I can run generator as long as I can keep that gas field. Um, so, you know, that's something for people to look at when they get into it. But yeah, I mean, it's easy to find places. I mean, in reality, in up in North Dakota, I mean, you can find a little gravel road as long as it's not a through road and you get permission to park there from a farmer. You're set for three or four days, you know. We're going to start wrapping this up here, but I do have a couple of other questions. We could we could talk. We haven't even really touched much about how uh, you and your family use the RV during those other three seasons of the year. And I, because I know y'all do a lot of traveling with it, both locally and a bit more regionally. But I wanted to uh, these next few questions kind of uh, are not restricted to to waterfowling per se. Uh, but you can you can subdivide this however you want to. So the question, first question I have is, what's the what's the longest trip that you've that you've made thus far? It can be in, including your entire family and just sort of completely recreational or waterfowling, and and then what's the what's the dream trip that you that you are imagining or that you're in the process of planning? The farthest trip that I've taken it is uh, my my parents live in South Florida. They're snowbirds. So, you know, obviously we've taken it back to where I'm from in Indiana. We take it back during the summer a couple times and visit up there even for a weekend. But during the winter, they live in South Florida. So we go down there one time. We went last year and then this year. Um, that's a haul. It's, uh, you know, I think from Memphis there, if you look on Google, it says like 15 hours. But you have to remember people, it's one thing for everyone to remember is, when you're driving an RV like this, you're, you're not going 75, no. 80 miles an hour. You're going 95, right? Yeah, 100. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, you're tuck I'm I'm very cautious and I'm typically tucking in behind a semi going about 65 to 68 miles per hour and you're cruising. Yeah. And you don't really realize how much time you lose. And, and especially when you're on a 16-hour drive, you know, mm. you're adding an hour and a half yeah. here. Um, and stopping to refill gas takes a lot longer, you know, and, and so there's things like that you have to keep in mind, but that's probably the longest, um, obviously we've taken it to Disney, which is awesome. That's off the waterfowling topic. And that, that can be a show in and of itself. Yeah. Oh, I'm um, sure. That's a really that cool. That could be a season in itself. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a really cool place, uh, for RVs. They have a place called Fort Wilderness. That's awesome. Um, but we take it down to South Florida, stay out on Pine Island. Uh, my parents live right there. They have a boat right there. So we go and we stay on the island down there for a week, mm -hmm. you know, not quite that long. Um, takes us a little longer to travel down and back. So we stay down there for about four or five days and travel for two or three days. Um, 
But yeah, and then as far as planning. Um, or dream trip. The dream or- trip. Um, man, everyone always wants to go out west. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know if my dream is to take it out west. You know, that's not necessary. I, I'm a... I'm a Midwestern. I don't trust high mountains. I don't know what it is. I, I don't know. I, you know, everything that I've ever enjoyed doing has been at pretty You're low. You're afraid the brakes are going to give out on the way down? No, I don't know. I mean, I, we, we spend a lot of time. Probably in, a movie about that. I know. Right? We spend a lot of time in coastal Louisiana. You know, I spent a lot of time in Indiana. I mean, mm-hmm. the highest elevation I'm getting here is about 290 feet. <laughs> um, so I am. I'm a flatlander, what I about guess. The prairies? Prairies is awesome. As far as a duck hunting trip, I think you'd have to have somebody go with you, right? Or or else do a pull behind. Uh, yeah, or, you would. Or, I think or like for yours, your class, you would need to tow. What do you, what do you call it? A tow behind. Yeah, vehicle? you have a. They, they call them toads, but okay. uh, yeah, you have a tow vehicle. T o w e d, not t o a d, right? Actually, they they spell it toad, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, we'll not get into the grammatics of that. But um, no, I think what I think would be really cool. I think a life time trip if I was looking at planning one big trip would be like and you'd have to do it on a course of you know maybe 20 days uh, or more if you could get off that long but um to work your way up through Canada you know once the border opens um, you go up there and you hit you know some of those ducks unlimited Canada projects up there um, doing diver hunts and maybe you know uh, shoot some upland in the afternoons but you're camped your RV is up there yeah. off off grid, you know, you're not necessarily, now you could probably find great RV parks. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that I would have with my rig that you have to keep in mind for duck season is the cold weather's rough on those things unless they're oh. prepared for it. Hmm. Um, I didn't realize that. Like you, you mean in terms of the insulation in the walls? That's or right. You just, really? You know, mine's okay. not as, in, now I have, I have buddies who have, you know, heaters underneath and, uh-huh. you know, they can, they can keep, they can go to Maine for a month in January. I didn't realize um, that. Mine's not set up that way. It's not that fancy. So I have to be pretty careful. Once I get to about, you know, 20 degrees, 25 for a day or more, I need to start looking at, you know, clearing water lines and, you know, really? lots of, okay. uh, yeah, RV antifreeze, yeah, but it's a quick process to do. Uh, but that's something for people to keep in mind too. You're not just going to set this thing up for duck camp and it's going to work like it does in July. Mm-hmm. Um, you're constantly having to pay attention to things like that or buy one that you don't have to worry about, but that would be a cool long-term trip. Go up to Canada. Um, uh, you could work your way through the prairies, yeah. um, in the RV and do it kind of early in the season. So you don't have to worry about a lot of that. And if you do see weather coming, yeah, you can tuck tail can and come take on off. And, and, you know, I, I said you would have to have a tow behind or a toad, mm-hmm. uh, but that wouldn't necessarily be the case as long as you had somebody else meeting you or, that's that, right. or that you were meeting mm-hmm. in Canada, you know, to provide that local transportation. It's not like you could uh, take that thing out into a prairie wheat field. No. Have you ever gotten it stuck? Have I ever- have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, I had only owned it for uh, a little while and I went up to Indiana. My parents lived there during the summer, obviously. They live uh, on a lake that has, it's like a little recreation park, I guess. And, uh, they just had like a big field. And it was the first time I took it up there. My dad's like, oh, you can just park it in the field. And I got about 10 inches off the asphalt and, and that thing just sunk. So you can see it in the picture, how big it is. I mean, it's, it's pretty good size. And that thing just sank like almost to the frame. And I had to call a tow truck. I wasn't there in Indiana 20 minutes and already had to call a tow truck. To oh, get that's, out. that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. All right. Two more questions here. Sort of, uh, I'll wrap them into one. Favorite part of being an RV owner and least favorite part of being an RV owner. Okay. Yeah. No, uh, favorite part, come duck season, snow goose season, 
you know, I'm not looking at it as, hey, I'm going to go hunt today. It's like, hey, where can I go and spend two days? And the potential to hunt and, you know, to be able to call a friend in Missouri or in Arkansas or even in Indiana and say, hey, I'm going to come up for a day, turn around, hunt in Kentucky on the way home with another friend, be home. Um, And then being able to do that at the same time during the spring and summer with the family. I mean, that's awesome. Just being able to go whenever you want to. Uh, Least favorite part, one thing that I've learned, there's a reason why the majority of the people who own these things are retired. Um, What's that? Because you spend a lot of time messing with it. Ah. You know, there's a it's there's always something to do. Um, I could spend every day working on it in some capacity, whether it's internal, external, um, chassis work. You know, I change the oil in this thing, um, and not because I want to necessarily, just out of necessity. Usually, like, hey, I got to get it done real quick. Um, but I've learned how to do all that, so I like that about it. Um, but it is busy work. Like eh, even when you go camping, there's something that, oh, the light's out. Oh, the, you know, carpets are pulling up from the floor. Let's fix this. Oh, you know, the tile in the bathroom needs to be, you know, it's always something. So just that's one thing for people to keep in mind is if you don't have the time to dedicate it or or you don't want to dedicate that time, you, you may want to look at a different option. I would say that 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 item, that experience rings true for boats. That's right. For all sorts of um, other uh, vehicles and equipment of all sorts, whether it be a tractor, I can speak to that as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The more <laughs> you use it, that's w- just sort of an understood or it should be anyway, right? Yeah. It's to just like I always tell those. people it's like a boat it, exactly in the sense that the more you use it, the less you're going to have to work on it. Yeah. Because if you let it sit for six months yeah. and then, you know, I, as a boat owner my whole life, you know, if I didn't use my boat enough, every time I'd go hitch it up, one of the taillights would be out. And I'm yeah. like, okay, I got to switch out a taillight. And then it sit for another three months. And then so, but that's the same thing with the RV. If you use it a lot, you'll be aware. You'll be able to work through some of those issues. But if you don't, be prepared to spend a lot of time working on it. Cool. Chris, this has been fun. I've enjoyed the conversation. I'd learned a lot. And it, it was, uh, yeah, kind of fun to reminisce about uh, some of my experiences with my uh, with my parents' RV and thinking about those, how out how it would have fared in some of the situations that you were uh, describing. And also just to hear about some of the things that went through your mind whenever you all were selecting it. So thank you, Chris. And uh, yeah, I hope people learned a lot from this, uh, from this episode. I'm sure they did. Yeah, that's been awesome, man. And I tell everybody um, who's interested in it, do your research. It's, it's an awesome experience, you know, and, and just get out there, um, learn more as much as you can about RVs. Um, but man, once you get it, you got your own little mobile duck camp that it's opportunities, opportunities are endless. So you're ready to go. That's right. Cool. Thank you, Chris. Special thanks to my guest on today's show and our co-host on many other episodes, Chris Jennings. Uh, great insight on, uh, on his experiences as a, as an RV owner and a, a mobile duck camp. As always, we thank our producer, Clay Baird, for the great work that he does on this podcast. And to you, the listener, we thank you for joining us and we thank you for your support, passion, and commitment to wetlands and waterfowl conservation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. 
Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. the next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. 